0: You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good this morning, and here's why. Here's one of the biggest reasons. I got a haircut yesterday, and usually I cut my own hair, I've been doing that for a long time. I just shave it, you know, and be done with it. Beard, hair, everything's the same length. But about a month ago, I went, and um, there's a lady in Harlem that, like, cuts Impact Church's hair pretty much. Like, everybody goes to the same person. So I was like, I'm going to go see her and see if there's something she can do with this. I don't know if you can see from down there, but I have, a, like, a gap In my hair on both sides, it like goes backwards. And it's not really supposed to do that, but it does. So when I sat down in her chair about a month ago, she said, what are we doing? I said, whatever you think you can do. But I want you to be honest with me. If there's no hope, just tell me. And I don't mind going back and just grabbing the clippers and doing what I usually do. And she said, there's hope. And that is something that just has resonated with me about hair, that there's still hope for my hair. So I'm doing a wedding this coming week, and I needed to get kind of fresh and clean. So I went back to see her, and I know that it looks really good, but I would still like you to tell me after service that, man, your hair looks great. But here's what that that tells me, right, is that no matter how bad my hairline gets, there's still hope. And I want you to know this morning that no, no matter how bad your life gets, no matter what situation you find yourself in, there's still hope. We serve a God who is hope. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to find out who God says he is and why that's important for us. Now, what I could have done is just chosen a ton of attributes that Scripture teaches about God and, and just started listing off. And we could literally do years and years of series on that one thing, on who God is. And we can just keep going and going and going, and and that would be great. But what I wanted to do this morning is just give you an overview. And I want you to see who God really says He is. There's a place that we find in Scripture where He tells, He gives His name for the very first time. And I think that's important as we look at this passage of scripture, we're going to see that not only does he give his name for the first time, but that name has implications. And because he is who he is, then it changes who we are. And it changes the way that we live life. So we're going to be in Exodus this morning, and we're going to look at uh, the, the passage where Moses is like, hey, Who am I supposed to, who am I supposed to tell them sent me? So Moses is trying to rescue the people and God's like, hey, go tell them this. And he's like, who am I supposed to say told me? Like, this is, you're you're like in a bush and it's burning. And I'm not going to say that there was a bush that told me to do all this stuff. So who should I say said this? And we're going to see that God gives some answers here in Exodus 3. And we're just going to read two verses here, verses 13 and 14. It says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Here's God's response. Verse 14 says this. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Let's pray. God, I just pray that you speak Through your word this morning, we want to honor you. We're going to trust you to do work in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So, why is it important? Why is it important for us to know who God is and to know his name? And I want to offer this verse to you this morning. Psalm 910 says this, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Those who know the name of God put their trust in him. Now, that doesn't mean that you just uh, superficially know, right? This is something that's deep and it's internal. And the more that we know who God is, the more that we seek after him because we can't help not to. So my prayer for us this morning is that as we talk through this together, that we understand who God is and it causes us to seek him and to trust him in ways that we've never even thought possible in our own life. Three things God says about himself in this passage. He says this, he says, I absolutely am. He says, I absolutely am. I am who I am, right? I am. There's there's nothing before, there's nothing after. He is absolute. And it's really hard for us as human beings with these uh, minimal brain cells. And some of you have less than others. Like, I get it. I know that everybody has a past. It's okay. But here's the deal. God is absolute. He is absolutely who he is. And that's what he says. So when, when Moses says, hey, what is your name? Who do I tell them sent me? God doesn't answer with his name first. He answers with, he is absolute. So before I give you my name, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand that there's there's a lot of high priests, there's maybe a lot of kings, there's a lot of powerful people, but I am above all of that. I am absolute. There's no one before me. No one's going to come after me. I am the greatest that there could possibly ever be. And that's important, right? If somebody came up to you and said, hey, I am, like, I am absolute. I am the greatest. Now, you're going to look at them and be like, yeah, dude, you're probably not that great, but I'm glad that you have confidence, right? But God here is just proclaiming that he is, and you could throw out anybody else, and God is saying, hey, yeah, but I am. Like, I am absolute. And then the second thing we see is that he says, still doesn't give his name, but he says, "Hey, tell them the one who absolutely is sent you." So not only am I absolute, but the one who is absolute is the one that's sending you. So he still doesn't have his name, so he's building this this thing for Moses, right? He's building something that is, "Hey, I know I'm going to tell you my name and it's going to be really powerful and it's going to be really great, but before we get there, I just want you to understand how big this is. I want you to understand how absolute this is, and then we finally see that he says his name. And we're going we're gonna to break this down a little bit. I don't want to do too much uh, teaching and theological stuff, but I think that this little tidbit that I'm going to give you is really important. So when God says his name, right, he says Yahweh. And that's how we pronounce that. Now, how this is written is Probably something that you haven't seen because our our scriptures, our versions don't put it like this, but it's Y-H-W-H. And he says this and he says that this is who this is who I am. This is my name. And it became such a a sacred thing that if you're reading your Bible, anytime you see Lord in all caps, L-O-R-D, this is what it's speaking of. The, the Jewish people didn't even want to say this name Yahweh in case they said it in vain. It was that important. So they changed it to Adonai, which just means my Lord. And the English versions followed soon. So instead of putting Yahweh, they put Lord in all caps. So that's a little tidbit that will help you as you're reading scripture. When you see the word Lord in all caps, which is mentioned, which is written over 6,500 times in the Old Testament. This is important. This is the name of God. This is who He is. He is above and greater than anything that we could ever imagine. God is who He is. He's absolute greatness. He's absolute love. He's absolute grace. He's absolute mercy. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's ever Present. God is who He is. But why is that important for us? So, why is it important that we understand who God is? And I want you to hear what John Piper said. He said this a people who are stunned that God is will be an irrepressible people. Our triune God loves to show up in gracious power where people are blown away by the fact that He is. Here's here's what this means for us. This means that if we can truly grasp the fact that God is, then we will be people that cannot be just shut up. We can be people that cannot be stopped. Because we're chasing after a God who is who he says he is, a God who is the greatest. And this is a really hard message. And I was I was praying through this and I was studying and I was thinking and God says he is. But now I'm going to be up here trying to tell you who God is. So it's really hard to put into words who he is because he just says I am. I am. I am absolute. I am God. I am good. I am great. I am loving. And there's so many characteristics of God, but I really want us to just drill in on the fact that He is who He says He is. And if we can really believe that and we can grasp that, what it does for us is it causes something inside of us to to shift. It causes us to live life with a different Posture it causes us to to live in a way that's chasing after the greatest of all, and if we can do that, then this world will never be the same because we'll we'll be a people that truly is showing god's love in ways like never before. This world will be forever different because of of us. Chasing after a God who is. And that God who is through His Spirit working through our faithfulness, working through us chasing after Him to the point that lives are being forever changed. Not because we're special, but because God is who He is. And that's the point of this whole message this morning. But I want to give you five things it means for God to be who He is. And I'm I'm prayerful that once we Break these five things down quickly that it really makes sense to us. And that we can leave this place with a different sense of not only who God is, but what it means for us. With a different sense of purpose. With a different sense of urgency to be the, the church that God has called us to be. Number one is this God exists. And I know for, for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, so that's pretty obvious. Is it really necessary to list that in the five? But this is what I would say, is that a lot of us will answer the question, yes, right? Does God exist? Yes. But I want you to think about it like this. Say that this really powerful person, um, and I don't, I don't know who that would be, let's say Um, since we talked about royalty last week, let's just say the Queen of England, right? Let's say that she invited you and your family to the palace and she's, she's in there and there's a bunch of really important royal people in there and you go and you indulge in all the amazing stuff that is prepared for you. And you know that the Queen is in there, you know that she exists, but you just don't really have any any desire to speak to her. You don't really have any desire to acknowledge her. You just want what she has to offer, but you really don't care much about her. If people said, hey, does the queen exist? You would say, of course she exists. Not only does she exist, I've got some cool things from her. She invited me to to go to her house. But then the follow-up question would be, well, what is she like? You say, well, I don't really know what she's like. I didn't talk to her. I was eating these Crumpets or whatever they're called. I don't even know if that's a food, but it sounds good. And that's this is how we act with God. Yes, God exists, and we'll admit it, but He's ever present and we live life as if He doesn't. How often do we live life understanding the fact that God is, that God exists. That he's really here, that he really cares, that he really has a plan and a, and a desire and a will, how often do we live life really understanding the fact that God really exists in this place? How many decisions do you make on a daily basis that you think about God existing in that moment? It's kind of like it's kind of like air, right? We know it exists, we don't think about it. There's a lot of things in life that we know exist, but it doesn't change us. Because we take it for granted. Oxygen. We know it exists. We need it. Would you agree that we need oxygen? Let's, everybody, let's just engage for a minute. We do. But here's the deal. Although we know it exists, we know we need it. We don't think about it. We take it for granted. It's just there. And we expect it to be there until it's gone and then we realize, wait a minute, I need some oxygen. Like I can't breathe. Something's happening. And I'm afraid that as Christians, we oftentimes act this way with God. That yes, God exists. We admit it. We know it. We believe it. But do we live life? Do our actions show that we really truly understand the fact that God is and that he exists. And that's why it's so important to mention this and to mention it first. For God to be absolute and to be who he is, means that he exists right here, right now. And if it doesn't change the way that we live life, then something's wrong, not with him, but with us. And I'm afraid that so many times we live life pursuing passions that we create. That so many times we pursue things outside of God because we're thinking more about this world or more about our personal wants or our personal desires. And then we have God who's existing. And we're just living life in a way that says, yeah, well, I know you exist, man, but I got a lot of stuff to do. Like if you exist, will you please fold all these clothes on my bed that Ashley just threw on there while I was trying to go to sleep last night? True story, by the way. I'm just but here's the deal, right? Like I just I want us to get I want us to get serious and real about this that God he isn't just some, some being this far off and He doesn't care about you. God's a God who wants to be intimate with you. He wants a relationship. And He's done everything necessary for you to have a relationship with Him. We've done everything to run away from Him and He's done everything to draw us back in because He exists. So think about your life. Think about when you wake up in the morning, as you're getting the kids ready for school, as you go to work, as things are happening around you, the circumstances that you're in, the situations that you're in, and ask yourself the question, am I living as if God exists? And I think that that, the answer to that question, can totally change your life. One way or the other. And my prayer, obviously, for us is that we answer that question, yes, that I'm living life in a way that shows that I believe that God is who he is, that he exists. Number two is this, God never changes. In Malachi chapter 3, it says, for I, the Lord, do not change. And then Hebrews thirteen eight, 8 says that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why is that important? It's important because we do change. I can change from one hour to the next, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little insight into who I am. I can be moody at times, right? Now, before anybody that knows me really well says anything, I'm, I'm not as moody as I used to be, right? It used to be a lot worse, and... Here's the here's the deal, though. Right. So I can wake up in the morning and I can be like, man, this is awesome. And I'm just in a great mood. And then something happens and it just changes my mood. Now, I'm not going to treat people like they're not worthy. I, I mean, I don't get like angry and and bitter or anything like that. But you can tell. Right. People can look at me and say, hey, man, what's wrong with you? It's like nothing. Like nothing's wrong with me. And they're like, yeah, something's wrong. And that's just how it is. I change. Now, I get it honest, right? Uh, there's there's people in my family that are that way, so they've just passed that down to me. So it's really their fault. But we change. We change based off of what we eat. Maybe we wanted sushi and we got a hamburger instead and the burger wasn't cooked well and it really just, it changed how we, how we act the rest of the day. We change from season to season in our life. Maybe one season we like country music and the next season we like rap music and the next season we like classical music whatever right we change that's just who we are as humans we change based off of, of what we eat based off of how much sleep we get based off of how well our kids are behaving based off of if our wife loves us or not like there's a lot and what's important is that God never does that God is who he is That God, who has every right to change his mind if he wants to, says, no, I am consistent. We serve a God who is consistently loving, who's consistently gracious, who's consistently full of mercy. We serve a God who has standards, and his standards never change. How awesome is it that our God is a God who we don't have to ask, man, I wonder what he's thinking today. We don't have to think that. We know what he's thinking. His word tells us what he's thinking. The closer we get to him, the more he reveals himself to us. Man, I'll tell you what, my kids would would probably tell you, I wish daddy was always the same. Unless this is one of the moody times, right? They're not going to want that. But the good, the fun dad, the dad that gives them ice cream for breakfast, right? They're like, man, I never want that dad to change, but I'm going to. Because the next day I'm like, we don't eat ice cream for breakfast. I don't know who did that for you, but that's, we don't do that. And God doesn't behave that way. God never changes. God is who he is. He absolutely is the same yesterday, today. And forever. And that gives us hope. That gives us the confidence to continue to chase after him. The third thing this tells us is that God is inexhaustible. Now, I know that's kind of a big word. And maybe I looked it up. Maybe not. Not sharing secrets with you. This is what it means, right? That God is full of energy. That God is full of energy. Listen to Isaiah 40, 28. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. This is the God that we serve. This is who God is. God is an everlasting God. God is a God who doesn't get tired. He doesn't grow faint. This is a a God who loves all the time. He doesn't wake up in the morning grumpy and go to bed really tired at night. This is a God who is constantly working on behalf of his people. He doesn't get tired. And not to minimize the majesty of God, but I don't know if you're my age then you you saw all the Energizer Bunny commercials and man, he just keeps going and going and going and going, right? God is that way as a, just a majestical creator God. He keeps going and going and going and going. We don't have to wonder if God is there. We don't have to wonder if God Cares. We don't have to wonder if God is doing something because he is. And understanding the fact that he is who he is helps us to see that there is no stopping. Just because you feel like God's not there doesn't mean that God's not there. Just because you can't see what God's doing in the background doesn't mean that God's not doing something just because you feel like your prayers are not being heard or not being answered doesn't mean that God doesn't care about you. And that He's not actively, consistently listening. But God's plans are just greater than our plans. God has the the big picture that we don't have. And there's a lot of people struggling, right? There's just in our world, we talked about this at Life Group on Wednesday. And if you're not part of a life group, and this semester is almost over. But we start back up in January. And I would encourage you to just get plugged in to one of these life groups. It's just a, a small group of people who meet together to truly just get to know each other and to grow in God together. But we were talking about how, man, there's just so much going on, right? There's a lot of political uh, unrest. There's a lot of racial tensions, and man, this has been going on for a while. And then, man, COVID hit, and we were affected by that as a church. Right, we had to get out of the school right after we started the church, which is not what we expected. And man, God was just faithful, and He saw us through that season. And then we got to come back, and then people are having to decide between whether they uh, take a vaccine or they or they don't. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And here's what I know more than anything else. This is what I know. That God is not surprised by any of this. And that if we will allow him. That he can he can give us peace that passes all understanding in any situation that we're in. He's offering us that we just have to take it. We have to trust that he knows what he's doing, even when we don't agree. Have you ever not agreed with God? How How many of you will be honest and say, yeah, I didn't agree with him on that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah, man, I just, I don't think that was a good decision. Like, maybe we should have talked about this. Some people have advisors, you know, and I'm really good at advising people. So maybe you need an advisor and God's like, yeah, I really don't. Thank you for offering But we're not always, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we're not always going to agree with how things turn out. But we can always agree that God is who He says He is. And that He's trustworthy. And that He's never ending. And that He just has this crazy amount of energy and He doesn't get tired of working on the behalf of His people. The fourth thing we see is God doesn't conform to us. We conform to him. If God is absolute and he doesn't change, then he doesn't conform to us. It's our responsibility and our duty to conform to him. Now, this is where the American church, in my opinion, has dropped the ball a little bit. Is that a lot of times the church tries to change God to fit into how they want him to be. When the truth of the matter is God is God and it's up to us as his followers to conform to who he is. That's the truth. He's not going to change for you. He's not going to change for me. It's up to us to understand who he is and to conform to that as Christ followers. Christian really means little Christ. Right? Right? So if we're really going to be that, then we have to be more like him. It's our job to conform to who he is. It's not his job to conform to who we are. And that hurts people's feelings sometimes because we just, we live in a world where, man, we want people to to just accept everything and to be really just inclusive and it doesn't really matter how you are. And here's here's the truth. And I I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I do want you to know the truth. That God does have standards. And his standard is holiness. Perfection. And as you sit here and as I stand here, we realize that we don't have that. And that's why it's so beautiful that we are his sons and daughters through the blood of Jesus. Because while we can't meet the standard, Jesus did meet the standard for us. And we get to build a relationship with God because of Jesus. And that brings me to number five. It says God has drawn near to us through Jesus. God has drawn near to us. He sent Jesus To be what we couldn't be. And God says, hey, I am who I am. I'm absolute. This is what this means. And we see a story in, and I'm not going to read the story, but we see a story in John chapter 8 where the Pharisees are talking to Jesus and they're asking about Abraham and, and Jesus Jesus talks like he was with Abraham, and this was a long, long time ago, before Jesus. And they're like, hey, how can you even say that you were with him? You're not even 50 years old yet. And Jesus says the same words, and he says, before Abraham, I am. Before Abraham, I am. Meaning that Jesus, and, and this is one of those really big uh, things that just kind of goes, blows your mind, right? But the the Trinity is real, God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're they're three distinct, but they're one. And man, we'll talk about that one day and we'll break all that down. I don't want you to be confused. This is what I want you to know that through Jesus, God drew near to his people. Because God cannot look upon sinfulness. So he said, hey, I'm going to send Jesus with all the attributes of I am to earth. And I'm going to allow him to be the ultimate sacrifice. And I'm going to allow him to cover the sins of people so that I can have a relationship with them. The God who is absolute, the God who is, the God who is the same, the God who really exists, the God who... Uh, never changes the God who never gets tired that God he loves you and he wants a relationship with you and he showed us that by sending Jesus to this earth to die for us to die instead of us to defeat death so that we could have a relationship with the father the creator of the universe and as as we close this morning this is this is how I like to just think about this, right? I heard a pastor kind of say this one time and it's just stuck with me. And as as we understand the, the theological side of this, right, that God is saying that, hey, I am. Like there's really, I don't really know what else you want me to say except that I am absolute. I am the, the period, like I am. But a pastor was preaching one day and he was just talking about how people just feel weak. People just feel dumb. People just feel like they're not worthy. And he said, man, he just likes to take this I am statement and say that God is everything that you're not. You say, man, I'm just not strong enough to do that. And God says, I know, but I am. Say, so "Well, I'm not just. I'm just not smart enough. Like I don't understand how to how to get here, how to do that." And God says, "Hey, I know you're not very smart, but I am." Say, so "Yeah, but I'm just not valuable. I'm not worthy." And God says, "Hey, but I am." See, the beauty of God is that we don't have to have it all because He does. the power in serving a God who exists, and serving a God who never changes, and serving a God who never gets tired, and serving a God who doesn't conform to us, but we conform to Him, and serving a God who is drawn near to us through Jesus, the power in that is knowing that we don't have all the answers, we don't have all the attributes, we don't have all the worth, all the value, but He does. And He gives it to us through the Holy Spirit as believers in Him. And this is life-changing. And when I was preparing for this thankful series, you know what? And and pastors do this sometimes is they kind of pick and choose messages that they think, man, this message is going to be pretty powerful. And I, I think that we should probably promote this Sunday, and this message is probably not gonna be that powerful. So we'll just have a regular service. And I'm gonna be honest with you, today was a day that was not circled for me. I'm giving you a little insight into, into my calendar, right? There's certain Sundays that I just circled that, man, I pray really specific over those Sundays, and I pray a lot that God gives me a message that isn't really horrible, and you know, things just things just happen today was not one of those days for me and then I I woke up in not a bad mood but in a I was tired and God showed me something that my circles don't matter And he said, today's going to be a pretty good day. And I don't know, and I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I know that God wants to do something. And there's some of us that have been living life as though God really doesn't exist. And it's time for us to begin to take steps of faith together to live a life that says man I believe that he exists I know that he exists and I want to serve the God who is and today is that day for some of you that you make that decision and I learned this morning that God doesn't just exist in my circles and I can't erase the circles because I did it in pen but I get to start a brand new calendar for next year and that calendar will have no circles because we know that God exists each Sunday of the year each Monday each Tuesday and that he's not changing And what we're going to do as a church, what we're going to do as a local body is we're going to continue to chase after him. We're going to be a people that believe so much in he is that we can't be stopped, that we can't be slowed down because God is who he is. And we believe that and we chase after him like never before. And I believe that God is going to use you to make a kingdom difference like you never thought was possible. He's going to use you to impact the kingdom. Each one of you sitting in this room. Man, and I know, I know how it feels to be sitting out there and for somebody to say that and say, yeah, well, you say that, but I know he's not going to use me. I want you to know this morning that he wants you. And he wants to use you to make Him famous. Because the same hell that He brings you out of, there's other people going through that. And because He brought you out and because He's leading you forward, you get to help bring other people out of that same hell. And believe it this morning. Believe that He loves you. Believe that He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Believe that even if the circle date doesn't go as you planned, that, that He works outside of the circles. And let today be a day that marks your life. A day where you can look back and say, hey, on this day I started to live as though God really does exist that God is who he says he is. Let's stand together this morning. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.